quickly. People might have been away or friends might be visiting. What did you do last week if you went away? Or were there any adventures that happened? Or share. One minute. Something happened? Something exciting? I wonder in all the things you did or didn't do, if you did the ordinary things, I wonder if you spotted something of God in what happened. Some of us had probably exciting adventures, some of us might have had tricky adventures, some of us might have gone through the normal motions, but what did we spot of God in all the things we did and all the different places that we went? There's a great book that I love, it's called the Jesus Storybook Bible, and at the beginning it says this, God wrote, I love you. He wrote it in the sky and on the earth and under the sea. He wrote his message everywhere because God created everything in his world to reflect him like a mirror, to show us what he is like, to help us know him, to make our hearts sing. The way a kitten chases its tail, the way red poppies grow wild, the way a dolphin swims. The heavens are singing about how great God is. And the skies are shouting it out. See what God has made day after day, night after night. They are speaking to us. Please be seated. As we approach our amazing God, a God who created all things and yet welcomes us, we become aware of who we are, what we're like, the things that we have done. And often we use our palms down, palms up prayer. And this morning I thought we'd give opportunity for us to do that again, for have a time to think about our lives, about as we sit before God, the things that we've done, the things that we think, the way that we've acted. And as we put our palms down onto our knees, onto our legs, to think about all those things. And then after a few moments we lift our palms up and offer these things to God, asking his forgiveness, asking him to fill our lives afresh with his spirit. So let's just have a moment of quiet and you might like to put your palms down onto your legs and to think about your life, about the things that maybe you're not so happy with, the things that maybe don't sit so well with you and then we'll lift these to God in a couple of moments. Well, amen. Please be seated. It's now time for children and young people to go to their various places in the building for us to stay here, the rest of us, and find a comfy seat. While you're sitting there, um, if, John, you could put up the church vision again, it's on the the, uh, computer. If you're here, no, not last week, the week before, um, you will... Remember that we said we were going to be looking at our church vision over the next few weeks. Um, we started off by talking about how what our church vision really aims to do is to love the Lord our God with everything we've got and to love our neighbour as ourselves. But we like to expand on the words of Jesus, so we've added loads of other things in. Just like the Pharisees! <gasps> no, joking. Um, and this is our vision. Um, We're Cotton Baptist Church, a family church in the heart of the community, and our aim is to communicate the love of God and make Jesus known, and we aim to do it by doing all those things underneath. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking 
at different aspects of our vision and today we're looking at the top one which is seeking God's ways above all else. Um, You will receive a copy of our vision at some point when my laminator works again. It will be laminated and everything. But that's what we're doing this morning. So I'd like to invite Dave to come up and read our Bible passage. The temptation of Jesus. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempted came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Thank you, Dave. A couple of weeks ago, I went shopping at Tesco. We come back from holiday, and I realised someone needs to go shopping. Now, before we had children, no one wanted to go and do the shopping because, you know, who wants to go shopping? But then we had children, and then you get the opportunity to go to the shop on your own, Tesco's, and you think, well, Simon and I do this, we go, well, I don't mind if, if you want to go, really, I don't. We're thinking, please don't, please don't say you want to go. And Simon said, well, you go if you want. I went, oh, all right, I'll go. Yes! You know, if you've got children, similar age to me, or you can remember when you had, you'll remember that you don't need to go out for an evening, you just need to go shopping on your own for, like, 20 minutes. Oh, it's like a night out. So there I was. I got my list. I was very excited. Got in the car. I thought, I can wander around. Don't have to rush. Don't have to stop Joshua pulling all the glass jars off the shelf. Just wander around and pick my stuff out. Have a browse. Think, oh, do I want that? Could we do something different? Well, I started off like that. I was doing well. I was getting through my list. It was fine. I was enjoying myself. I was wandering around. And then suddenly... I needed the loo. I had a call of nature. And I was like, oh, oh, well, I could go, but my trolley's half full. No, I won't bother. I can wait. It's fine. So I carried on, and then I got down another aisle. I thought, no, I do. I need the loo. No, I'm all right. And the rest of the shop, well, it started to speed up a little bit. And, you know, then I thought, well, actually, no, I do need a toilet. But it's too late now because I'm I'm nearly full. I can go to... So I was just pulling things off the shelf. You know, oh, yeah, I have those rice krispies. Do I want them? Don't care. We'll put them in. And then I got to the end, everything through. Got home. Didn't didn't go to the toilet at Tesco. I'm sure you want to know this. Got home. (laughs) And um, 
we were getting out of the shopping and Simon said, what, what, what happened here? You seem to have, you know, got part way down the list, everything's fine, and then you've just, like, randomly thrown things into the trolley. I said, well, yeah, thing was, I needed the loo. And, you know, I just made the decision to carry on, thought it wouldn't distract me, but actually it did, and I've just randomly... Well, I don't know why we've got that, but we've got it now. So we spent the week with various items we weren't on the list and we didn't need. You know, and the reason that my shopping was so haphazard after I'd got a list and set out and was going to browse was because I had this call of nature. And due to this unfortunate event, I wasn't really able to focus on what I should have been focusing on. I'd become distracted by something that seemed very important and much more important than my shopping. Something that I really needed to do. And so I didn't do what I wanted to do properly. And you know, when we come to think of our vision today about how we can communicate the love of God and make Jesus known and how to accomplish this, we need first and foremost to be people who seek God's ways above all else then distractions can be one of our biggest problems. Because like me at Tesco, they can so easily take us away from what we're here to do. And indeed, who we are called to be. And so as we begin looking at our vision over the next few weeks, and indeed as we look towards Lent, which begins next week, it seems fitting that we start by focusing on a passage in the Bible that looks at the temptations of Jesus that looks at the ways in which Jesus, having spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, was then tempted to be distracted by different things that were held before him in an attempt to derail his calling. And, you know, it's interesting that when we look at this story in the Gospels, the books of Matthew, Mark and Luke, where the story is recorded, that it's preceded by the baptism of Jesus. The time when Jesus approached John the Baptist to be baptised, when the Spirit of God descended upon him and God spoke over him. The moment when, if you like, Jesus was revealed on earth as the Son of God, when he started his ministry as God's Son, when God's voice proclaimed his love and revealed Jesus' identity before everyone who was gathered. This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And then, oh, hello. Then immediately following this, following this moment when Jesus' life and calling are presented in public, Jesus is led by the very spirit that has just descended upon him into the wilderness, into the desert, into the barren, lifeless wasteland where he is to face temptations of those things that could distract him from who he really is as the Son of God and from what he has been called to do. And like me in Tesco, interestingly enough, this first distraction is a very primal distraction. Having spent 40 days and 40 nights fasting, and abstaining from food so that he is hungry and most likely tired and worn and having no doubt at this point what my Simon likes to call bad body management. You know, the time when you're struggling to be civil because you haven't eaten enough and actually you just want to snap at everyone. 
Jesus is faced with the distraction to satisfy his most primal desire. He needs to eat. And so he's tempted to eat. You see, as Jesus stands hungry and worn in the desert after 40 days of fasting, the tempter comes to him and says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now on the surface, it's a harmless distraction, one which would have caused problems to no one and would have done his body some good. A distraction that at that time was very tempting. And from a human point of view, it would have seemed like something that needed to be done. I'm hungry. I need food. I can make food. And so I will. The fact that it was changing stones into bread for the Son of God is a small hurdle. So what's the harm? But place this temptation into the context of the unveiling story of Jesus Christ. The one who has just been affirmed as the Son of God dependent on his father for all things. And this temptation takes on a greater meaning because when the tempter offers Jesus the distraction of food, what he's really saying is, if you really are the son of God, feed yourself. If you really are the son of God, don't wait for your father's timing and provision. If you really are the son of God, do what you want. You're hungry. Do it now. Look after yourself. Be independent. Of course, Jesus rebukes this, quoting scripture from the book of Deuteronomy from the time when Israel wandered in the wilderness all those years ago. People do not live on bread alone, he says, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The distraction is averted. Jesus' focus is reaffirmed on who he is and what he's doing. But then again, moments later, as Jesus stands hungry and worn after 40 days on his own in the wilderness, the devil took him to the holy city of Jerusalem and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written... That nothing will harm you. In fact, God will send send his angels to float you gently down to the ground. As Jesus stands hungry, worn, with bad body management in the middle of the wilderness, Satan tempts him to do a party trick. If you liken this to Tesco, this would be the moment when I become distracted by some completely unnecessary film deal. Two DVDs for £10 with snacks half price. Go on, it's a bit of fun. What harm could it possibly do? If you are God's son, says the devil, you can do this. God will rescue you. You might even enjoy it. Throw yourself off. It's fun. But Jesus knows that behind this distraction, this seemingly frivolous and harmless temptation, is another challenge, unspoken, but one that strikes at the heart of what he is here to do. A challenge that says, if you are the Son of God, he will protect you. 
If you are the son of God, you don't have to walk this path of pain which you've set out to do to succeed. If you're the son of God, you don't have to follow this calling that leads to the cross. Prove yourself. Be independent. Choose your own way. But Jesus answers, do not put the Lord your God to the test. You see, these first two temptations, however subtle and harmless, these two distractions that don't seem to hold any real problems, they both seek to challenge the very core of who Jesus is. If you are the Son of God, are you really the Son of God? Do you need to be dependent on your Father? Do you have to follow his ways? Do something different. Do something new. Step out on your own. These two temptations seek to distract Jesus from his calling to live on earth as a human being, dependent on God for everything, seeking God's ways above all else, humbly walking the road to the cross. So seeing that his subtlety has failed... The devil ups the ante, and as Jesus stands hungry and worn at the end of his energy, he's taken to a very high mountain and shown all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, the devil says, if you will bow down and worship me. Or if you like, Satan's last resort is to offer Jesus the very thing he has come to win on the cross, to distract him with an easier route to victory. If you come to me, I will give you all you've come to achieve, he says. You don't have to do it God's way. You don't have to stand in pain with your father. If you really are the son of God, be independent Be victorious. Win without suffering. Win with me. To which Jesus says, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, as Jesus stood hungry, worn and tired, as he stood in the barren wilderness full of the Holy Spirit, and ready to fulfil his calling. He wasn't tempted to do evil things or things that would cause great harm and suffering. He was tempted by distractions. Distractions from who he was as the Son of God and from what he had been called to do here on earth. He was tempted to stop seeking God's ways and to live a life independent of his Father. A life that at that moment in time seemed so much easier than the one he knew he had been born to follow. And you know, when we seek to follow God, when we really seek to be his people here in Cottenham, we find ourselves in exactly the same position. We may not be in the wilderness having fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, but we will find that we are tempted by distractions. Some of them will be extremely subtle, even things which are good, things that are needed, things that will bring satisfaction and we think have to happen. And some of them will be blatantly obvious. You know, I might not ever want to change stones into bread. I imagine that I never will. It's not something that, you know, 
takes my fancy. But I know that I will always want to order that next item off Amazon because, you know, or go to the shops because I need something. I just need something else. Or browse the internet for the best deal because, oh, yes, I'm sure I could get another deal on that. Let's have another look. And I find that when I do this often enough, when I focus on these things, I become distracted so that I push away the desire to seek God's ways above all else and to lean on him and I begin to lose sight of who I am and what I am called here to do, distracted by all those things I can have that will satisfy me. And similarly, I can tell you now that I don't have any desire to throw myself off a tall building for fun. It's not something I'm interested in. But I am very capable of spending my time enjoying the luxuries I desire. I'm very capable of watching TV when I really don't need to, and actually sometimes I don't want to, but it's there. I'm very capable of browsing Facebook just one more time to see if anyone else has updated their status. I'm very capable of drinking, eating and indulging when I'm not even hungry. And at the same time, skipping those things that I find hard and sacrificial. And I find that when I do this, I become distracted enough by my own satisfaction that I forget my calling is to seek God's ways above all else. Because I am his child and he will provide for my needs. And you know, I can tell you for nothing that I certainly don't want to have all the kingdoms of the world given to me. I've seen what happens to presidents and prime ministers these days. I'm not interested in that. But I find I'm more than willing to take the easy road. I'm more than willing to collude with others so that I'll be liked. I'm more than willing to ignore the issues so that life can be a bit smoother, a bit easier. I'm more than willing to struggle and strive for happiness rather than anything else, rather than sacrificing my pride and living humbly. And when I do this, I become so distracted that I forget God's words to me when he says, you are my child whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. You know, last summer we went to France for holiday and we went on Eurotunnel because did you know Tesco's vouchers, a bit of a Tesco theme, Tesco's vouchers, you get free Eurotunnel travel. Excellent. So we went on Eurotunnel and it all went smoothly. And then on the way back, we were coming back and the tunnel was delayed. So we had to go into the concourse with all the things there, you know, duty free and everything. And it was, it was, I don't know what hell is like, but it was sort of what I imagine. There was just like loads of people, not enough tables, not enough food, loads of children in the kids section and the family section which we went in for some reason it was just awful anyway so Simon said I don't know this is another theme I just need the loo so he went off and I went in the little kiddie section with James and Joshua and we were in there and I said Joshua you can just play around this bit mommy's standing over here and James was watching they had a film on the screen and I was standing there watching Joshua literally there on the first pew and I'm here 
And then suddenly a little bit of a fight broke out between some children. Seemed quite interesting to me, so I just glanced over, fighting over some chips. And then I glanced back, and Joshua's gone. And he wasn't just wandering over there or sort of over there. He was gone. He was like nowhere. Two seconds I'd looked away, literally. And, you know, you'll know if you have children that you ju- that's it. My child's been kidnapped. My child's... It's in the news. I can see him screaming over someone's shoulder as they're running away. It's all in my head. And so I'm like... I'm like I started running. Now, I, don't, I can't even remember what I did with James. I must have grabbed his hand, because that would have been ridiculous to leave your other child and run off after one. So I ran out of the parents and child section onto the concourse, and I'm running around like crazy. Have you seen a, have you seen a small child? Have you, and I'm out of control, running around. And I think, I've lost him. I've lost him. I've lost him. And then, suddenly, the crowds parted, and there he was, right over the other side, I don't even know how I got there that quickly, looking around going, Mummy? Mummy? So I ran up and then, you know, did that slow down, we need to be calm, went up to him, oh, hi, darling. It was so scary. And, you know, it just made me think that when we're tempted, whether it be subtly or obviously, and we allow ourselves to become distracted, like I did with the fight with the children because it looked interesting. Before we know it, instead of walking closely with God, as Jesus did during his time in the wilderness, we find ourselves running around like mad, like I was looking for Joshua. We find ourselves running around like crazy through life, searching for things that will satisfy, searching for things that will make us feel happy, searching for the things that we love. Living crazy lives full of panic and fear. Calling out to God again and again and again. A bit like the people of Israel did during their 40 years in the wilderness after they'd been freed from Egypt. And although, you know, God runs around with us in a way and he answers our cries just like he did the people of Israel so long ago, We know that as children of God, this really is no way to live out our calling and our identity. And that actually we don't have to follow this pattern that our ancestors did, that the Israelites who were distracted, rushing around trying to make things right and calling out for help again and again and again. We don't have to live like that because we can follow the example of Jesus in the wilderness, who amidst all the distractions that were laid out before him, chose to focus on God, chose to seek God's ways above all else. Even when he was tired, even when he was worn, even when he had bad body management, he lived out his identity and his calling all the way to the cross. And so it follows that if we really want to communicate the love of God, and make Jesus known, then first and foremost, we need to follow his ways. We need to seek his will above all things, just like Jesus did in the wilderness. Let's spend a few moments of quiet as we think about what God has been saying to us this morning. So as we go from here away, may we know God's love surround us. May we know his call upon our lives. And may we have the strength 
to keep our focus amidst all distractions. May God bless us and keep us and walk with us. Amen.